Hey, welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don, and... I'm Scott. And I'm rearranging microphones. And uh, here we are. Yes, Deuteronomy 29. I was thinking that we, uh, we're headed back towards the cold darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's still summer, but like soon we'll be like, hey, you might be hearing this in the warm weather. But now we're like, oh, you might be hearing this in the cool weather. Yeah. Well, the the sun's starting to get like I had to turn the light on down here because it was getting kind of yeah. dimish. So well, we're definitely heading that direction. Yeah, I was I told I was complaining about playing softball, and I remember we were out there, and I was like, "Oh man, it's eight thirty. It's getting dark. This isn't going to be safe much longer. Mm-hmm. The ball will come in. We won't be able to see it." <laughs> and usually, what during the summer it's nine thirty ish. I think before it starts getting dark, 10? yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, oh, good. I'll be able to go back to sleeping at a normal time and not have to worry about, like you know. The light's still out. I like with uh, I like when it's light enough that you can go to work when it's light and come home when it's still light. Yeah. Um, I know in the winter it's one of those that I leave the house, I go to work when it's dark, and I come home when it's dark. And I was like, this isn't cool. Um, that, yeah, that is like my least. I I don't like the cold weather. Okay, I don't either. But <clears throat> if you're like, hey, you could have you know the sunrise at six a.m. no matter what. Mm-hmm you still have to have winter would you be willing to do it? i'd say sure okay okay I'd, I'd be fine with that see i could deal with warm weather all year long where like you have you know we can have seasons in like different degrees of warm weather <laughs> so you know like winter is like 50s and then you know maybe spring is 60 60 to 70. There you yeah, go. yeah 68 yeah Summer, okay, we can hit the 80s and in the summer. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And then fall, we get back down to the 60s, 70s type thing. And then back to winter, you know, be in the 50s or whatever. I was, I was out in uh, Humboldt, uh, Cal State Humboldt, which is in a small area of Northern California. Yeah. And they are kind of like that. Okay. Like in the summer, if it gets above like 83 degrees, it's hot. And if it gets, like, in the winter, if it drops below, like, 52, it's cold. Wow. Kind of it's, like, it's a wonderful, wonderful That's place. That's, like, perfect. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to live there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't mind, like, if it gets really hot, like, you know, 90s, if I'm right next to the ocean, you know. Yeah. I, or I got a pool really close. I'm not, I'm not necessarily against that. Uh, I, go out to, I go out to... California a lot for my job. Uh, San Diego, I go in June every year. Okay, and they're hitting the by the coast where where I end up going a lot of times. It's like seventy five to eighty. Really, in the summer? In, in June, yeah. Wow. June, they have their cloud cover in June. They call it the June gloom. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's the May gray that goes into the June gloom. Okay. It's the marine layer that comes in and it typically burns off throughout the day. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those where I was mad at myself because this year when I went, I did not bring any long sleeves. Oh. I was cold most of the time there because I didn't Yeah, in I didn't June? think about it. I was like, oh, I didn't bring a a light hoodie or anything. So, like, you know, I'm teaching classes and stuff out there and, like, short sleeves and polo but it would have been six basically. But it would have been, what, 80s, you said? No, 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 no. It's, like, 75 to 80. Oh, that's perfect. Why would you need long oh, sleeves dude, on the, that? Oh, the wind, though. Oh, okay, I didn't think And that. you're inside and it's, like, they still have the air conditioner cranking oh, and okay. stuff, and it's like, uh, 
Okay. Not my thing. But yeah, and then the evenings, you know, you go, you, you, we do a lot of like, like I teach during the day and then we do like evening stuff with our clients or whatever. So okay. they might have like a, um, they might have like a beach pick, not, what do you call it? Like a beach buffet kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the food out by the beach and it's like, oh, it's 63 degrees and windy oh, by the okay. beach. It's kind of chilly. That's so true. it kind of, kind of gets to you a little bit. Okay. But, you know, I, I'm still okay with that. Though. Oh yeah. Oh uh. man. San Diego's <laughs> definitely got some of that, that good weather. Now, if you go inland, like towards the desert, it can get really, really hot. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, all that down by the coast in San Diego is yeah. absolutely beautiful. So I've never been far. So I've been to San Diego. I've never been deep inland when when we're out there. Oh man, the Inland Empire is. That's what it's called. Is it okay? Um, if you go, especially like up by LA inland, mm-hmm. it's desert. That's where I've seen my first wildfires of my life. Really? Okay. Oh yeah, man. That was it was. Um, San Bernardino is where I was and it was in the, you know, it was getting into the 105, 110 range. Oh my. During the day. And they had had the first day I was there, they had a smaller wildfire and it was like, I want to say it was like three ish miles from the university. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, don't worry. We'd never close for a fire. It's never happened. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, and then the next day they had, I think it was called the blue cut fire. So you can Google that if you get bored. Um, that one burned, I want to say in the hundreds of acres and it lasted most of the rest of the trip I was there. Oh, wow. If not the whole trip, it might not have been under control till I left. Wow. It was, it was crazy. And it's like, you could see the smoke from anywhere. I want to say that was more like seven ish miles away, seven to 10. It it, it was kind of, I mean, you just watch, they have like airplanes, like 747s, like dropping the flame retardant stuff on there and oh my gosh they would uh the helicopters would go to if they saw you had a pool mm-hmm. they would like dip the bucket in your pool and take the water and go dump it in the thing they had like it's it's crazy wow it's great and the ladies is like yeah southern california burns that's what it does okay it's like okay, okay. if you're fine with it i'm fine with it burns and i hear earthquakes too well oh okay so san bernardino i, mm-hmm. I was i was at the college out there teaching and yeah. um i don't teach college i teach people that work at colleges so don't think i'm like professor don i'd okay. love to be but i'm not we'll just um, call you dr don do- dude i'd be dr dr it'd be great anyway um and, uh, the uh i'm in the one room and the lady from san bernardino she's like hey see all those uh there's like a kind of a mountainous area right outside this window she's like see all the trees in the mountain right there how they're in a straight line i was like yeah she's like yeah the water collects down in there and it makes them grow i was like oh that's kind of cool how's that happen and she goes oh well that's the san andreas fault oh wow like, oh sweet so if you ever have an earthquake there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hope it doesn't split open the ground and Eat you. suck you up yeah. all up. Yeah, yeah. I saw Superman. Okay. I know how that works. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, oh great. So like the earthquakes are right there. The fires are right over beside me. Like what, what else could happen here? So you have nice weather and then you get sucked oh, not, up into not the, San Bernardino. Oh, not San Bernardino. No. Okay. Um, I hear inland wise, if you go to Fresno. That's kind of the best of the inland California cities. Okay. Uh, in the south, but I I hear the rest of them are just hot, miserable, bake your skin off your body. Oh, see that summers. I'm not good with that. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I think um, I think Bakersfield might be a uh, oil producing. Okay. Which might be why there's people there, but like San Bernardino, I don't know what makes that city exist besides the college. And like if I you no live idea. in San Bernardino, what is it? Bernardino. Bernardino. Yeah. Um, 
maybe you can email us and tell us why, why? people live there. Why? Why do you uh-huh. exist? Oh, there's a um, that that trip was so interesting. Um, it was during the Olympics, and so like at night, like here in Ohio, everybody was already done at Eastern time watching the Olympics, and all they were doing were recaps. So it's like everything had already happened and you didn't get to see any of the events or whatever. It's like, eh, today in swimming, blah, blah, blah happened two hours ago, you know, kind of thing. Oh. But uh, I went running the one morning. The lady's like, hey, you should be careful because uh, that neighborhood that you're in, there's uh, mountain lions uh, have been spotted. I'm like. See, you need to bring your pepper spray. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I, I would. I mean, you know it works that. on neighborhood dogs. Um, yeah, but. You can be the test dummy for uh, um, mountain lions. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't even hear it come up behind me. It would be stalking me and just, boom, that'd be it. <laughs> I'd be in glory. like that. Well, they can't take you down that quick, right? I have no, I've never um, been attacked by it. There was that one guy that, what do you do? He like strangled it or whatever. Oh, I don't know. It was recent, but I think it was a baby. He like okay. shoved his hand down his throat or something. What? Yeah. I'm curious Man, now. Google it. By the time this podcast comes out, that's old news. Okay. Hey, I'm Google, so, Google I'm already, oh, yeah. I'm already out of it. Yeah. I st- Man chokes mountain lion. Yeah through hand shoving i will say this in san bernardino i i'm sorry if you're from from the uh, sb i'm not picking on you but every restaurant was like chipotle style really it was like you'd walk in and it was like pick your face it'd be like a tortilla shells or nothing like pick your protein it'd be like chicken beef or you know okay it's like every single restaurant had that same set up we got a couple of those in cincinnati we got a, a couple pizza joints that do that you know in, um, in colorado there's a native american uh place that does it mm-hmm. and it was so good there's a mediterranean at least in new york there was a mediterranean place that did it and i was like dude Ooh. we just got out of new york where was it um, new york city or somewhere else no it wasn't new york city uh, it was, we, we went to a mediterranean place at nyc but it okay. wasn't like that but it's so good okay no it was so good it was like a, a chipotle mediterranean place and, and it was good that's kind of cool have um, you been to aladdin's here yeah, mm-hmm. I like. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's a good place oh yeah. We we got some good Mediterranean we, places out here. Speaking of the Mediterranean, let's talk oh, about the nation of Israel. Absolutely. Yeah. Look In at that chapter segue. twenty. That a, I'm glad we planned that out so perfectly. Man, I sure could use some falafel right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in chapter twenty nine, I don't think they had falafel. Mm. Um, I'm just just saying. That's a downer. Especially after 28. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. think God's giving them any falafel. Their a- their appetite's probably toast. Yeah, their 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 manna is is. You know, we never said how far we wanted to uh, read in sections. Oh yeah, um, we planned out nothing. Except the transition from falafel to 29. Totally planned out. Absolutely. But I'm bookmarking those pens you told me about while you uh, decide where you're going to read. Oh, okay. Yeah, Don, Don was having pen issues where he was writing and it was bleeding through. And I'm like, you need to get one of those clicky pens that have multiple different colors. And it makes your Bible look pretty and you can follow where everything is. So with that, um, Deuteronomy... Six bucks, not bad. Oh, really? Might be... Might want to look later because I think they're cheaper. Oh, back to school. You're right. So I think I've found them for like add-on items is like three or four bucks. Nice. Um, Because there was a while where I would get them for my daughters as they were doing their Bible study and then they'd lose them. So then I made them start to have to buy it with their allowance. You get 12 for 25. Huh? Huh. No, no. Because I I found them for about a buck a piece somewhere. All right. I'll I'll look it up after. I I have it marked now. So. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that you have our uh, shopping list. And uh, yeah. So with that, uh, chapter 29, verse one through whenever I stop. All right. um, and I'll just look at Don randomly and 
um, see if he wants me to to stop reading. <clears throat> I say go through nine. That's I'm going to go through nine. Ooh, that's actually a good marking point. That's what I have in my notes. I should have looked at that. That would have made more sense. All right. So <laughs> you can tell we're prepared tonight. Um, these are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make with the people of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant that he had made w- with them at Horeb. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you 40 days in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread and you have not drunk wine or strong drink that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon, the king of Hezbon, and our favorite man, Og, um, the king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it for an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manassites. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Yay. So, we haven't heard about Og. Yeah. I got to remember to turn that off. Um <laughs> I think that's like the third podcast in a row. Possibly. I don't I, I usually it's the Pikachu. Now you got the Autobots. I know Pikachu's like long that's like Pika. old news. Like old old news. We're Transformers now. Man. Um I haven't talked about Og in a while. He's like what, chapter one, chapter two? He made a reappearance somewhere later. Did he? Okay. Like four or five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so about two years ago. Ish. Oh my goodness. Hasn't it been, at least? I don't know. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, wow. So Og was a big fella. Yeah, we had some good jokes, and I, I don't remember them. He was like uh, a giant, basically, uh, quite the, uh, what do you call it, warrior, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say. Yep. The giant King Og, who yep. had a giant bed. It was like 12 foot long or something. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I could fit like three of me on that. <laughs> yeah, my... Sounds like a nice sprawl, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Honey, I'm getting rid of the queen size. We're getting the og size. Because <laughs> Sarah says I'm like 5'8", and I tell her she's wrong. It's not what my driver's license says, so I could fit like... What, what's your driver's license say? 5'10"? I'm 5'8". Okay. So, and I only know that because right now my oldest is obsessed with getting taller than me. Mm-hmm. So I've probably been measured multiple times just okay. to see if I'm, you know... In within his sights yet. I measured myself before I went in and baseball bats because they didn't have a tape measure. Yeah. So I said I was two and a half baseball bats. And then they like, they said, we don't know what that is. I was like, I don't either. And they're like, well, then take a guess. I said 5'10". And they're like, okay. Uh, and that's uh, been on my driver's license since. Baseball bats have varying lengths depending on what. Uh, uh, anywhere from like 24 to like 34 inches. Well, the baseball bat I used, I was two and a half of those. <laughs> And then they just said, <coughs> take a guess. And I said, 5'10". They're like, all right. And it's been there since. So Nice. Sarah's like an inch. She says two inches taller than me. Yeah. Probably easy. Huh? Yeah, she has to no, be. No, no. Just all right, her shut down up. here. We're, We're going <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> so back to She's 29. She's taller than Og. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, Og is a tall man with a big bed. Um, 
So other than Og, what, what sort of things did, did you pull out of uh, one through nine? Uh, the biggest thing I've got is um, uh, there's a lot of the mention of like seeing. So you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Pharaoh, or sorry, in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all of his servants. Um, your eye saw the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hurt. That's hurt. kind of a harsh statement, ears isn't to it? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's once again saying that this generation has the same uh, perception of uh, God working as the prior one. So they shouldn't get too cocky about it. Like they've got the same issues. You've seen it. You've heard about it. You've been there. You witnessed it, but... You don't you're, trust you're, and you're not obedient. Yeah, you still haven't arrived. Mm -hmm. um, you see the the part that I think people might get um, hung up on is it says, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand. Uh, that's in verse three. I'm trying to turn the page. Or eyes to see or ears to her. To her. I keep saying ears, ears to her. Yeah, I think that's more, verse four a, and you've I've, gone southern on a, Yeah, southern rapper. <laughs> um, yeah, that goes into verse four. Um, there is a, uh, obviously like a sovereignty, sovereignty piece here where mm -hmm. God is saying like, I have not given you the ability to see it all. And some people will look at that as like a cruel, like, Oh, God's not giving you everything. He's not, he's hiding stuff from you or whatnot. Um, but if you continue to go into verse five, he says, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. Your sandals have not worn off your feet. Um, and then you get into six and it kind of takes a weird turn, but it, trust me, it all ties together. You have not eaten bread and you have not drunk wine or strong drink that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. All those verses wrap together to show that God wants to be what, uh, the people depend on. He wants them to depend on him mm. and he doesn't want them to depend, to depend on knowing the entire plan, knowing everything that's going on. He doesn't want them to depend on, uh, like, having the world's greatest food to say we had the best diet or to say that we had the best drink or to say that we had the best celebrations. Um, he wants them to remember that they had to depend on him. Their clothes didn't wore out. They always had something to eat. They might not have been the best, but they had it. So there's this ultimate like reliance on God piece here. It's this like, I want you to fully trust me statements here is how this kind of works together. So there is that sovereignty of God not saying like, all right, guys, Here's the plan. Read through it. Tell me what you think. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow night and, you know, I'll, I'll listen to your feedback. You know, it's none of that. It's God saying, you don't need to know it all. Just trust me because as my people, I want you to trust me. So. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I mean. That's life, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how many times do I get frustrated because I don't know the plan? I don't know the outcome. Uh, heck, I don't even necessarily always know where I'm at at the time and, and what's going to happen next. Um, and those are the times that I complain the most with God. But I guess just like the Israelites in this passage right here, I can always go back to where God has been faithful in my life over and 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 over again. But... When you're looking back, you might not have had the Lexus, mm. but you had the Scion. Yeah. You know, you 
throwing your real car out there. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my son. You know, uh, like you might have not you you might not have had the you know the hottest, greatest, latest thing. You might not have had the mansion right. on many acres, but you had a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. You didn't eat a Jeff Ruby steakhouse or whatever, but you you know. Oh, I was like, the screen went black. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're, we're still good. in. Okay. Apparently, a screensaver's on now. Um, oh. Anyway, um, you might not have had the greatest MacBook Pro, but this 10-year-old one is recording your podcast. Hey. Like, it, It's like God is saying, hey, I provided. It just might not be how you thought. Right. right. But So trust me, kind of yeah. thing. But unfortunately, according to verse 4, they haven't done that yet. No, and they probably won't. No, probably <laughs> not. They have that same, like I said, that same perception that their ancestors had. And and Which when is, we we say probably we actually have the rest of the story and we find out that probably is they won't. Yeah, um, if, you, if you've read ahead, you got the judges. <laughs> you might want to skip that one or go to the picture Bible for that one. If, if they have good pictures. If they have good pictures, yeah. right? Man, sometime I need to remember to bring that down just so we have a reference oh, yeah, while we we're podcasting. Uh, <laughs> You know, so we can go back and we can go. We look at Grisanti, we look at Chris Wright, and we look at the action picture, whatever yeah. Bible, whatever. Um, this is where he cut the prostitute up into twelve pieces. Here's where he shoved a knife into his big fat rolls and got the knife stuck. Man, if we do that, <laughs> if we do that explicit <laughs> podcast, that would be awesome. Um, so who knows? Judges might be next, and they might not. But um, <laughs> stay <way>. tuned. <laughs> Judges or Ezekiel, get your explicit Bible study prod- podcast here. All right, we 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 if we do like Ezekiel, we can do what oh the little gosh. poop emoji can be our like. Oh yeah, uh huh. That'll be our, our, our main bed, bread baking. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like an invisible man emoji for like seeing through walls and spying spiritually? Well, yeah, you can't see it at all. It's invisible. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Man, so it can always be there. Ezekiel, man, Ezekiel could be fun. Yeah, it could be. Mm. Mm. All right. So anyway, yeah. we're we're no longer con. So with that, um, I guess we can probably say that many of us still deal with some of the issues that the Israelites dealt with, um, because I, I think sometimes I, I don't always I, I don't I see God do a lot of great things, and yet I sometimes and when I say sometimes I a lot of times still don't trust God to. I don't always trust God the way that I should. Um, And I think that we see uh, not just in Deuteronomy, not just in Exodus, not just in in those, but I think throughout history and and even into the 2000 and where where we're living right now, um, context, we can still see that that we as God's people don't always trust Mm -hmm. God as much as we should, even though we see his faithfulness continually um, present in, in our lives. Um, and you might not have the Lexus, you might drive a Scion or, um, something else, but, but God still provides what we need and, and that that's a good thing. Right. All right. 10 through 15. Yeah, go for it. That's what I have is the, my, my next section. All right. 10 through 15. You are standing today, all of you before the Lord, your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders, your officers, all of the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the sojourner who is in your camp from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water so that you may enter into the sworn covenant of the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is making with you today. 
that he may establish you today as his people, and that he may be your God as he promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And it is not with you alone that I am making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing here with us today before the Lord our God, and with whoever is not here with us today. So, he's got a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and it seems like he pretty much labeled no matter where you are in the social economic um, stance or what your job is or um, what your gender is or um, whatever. It, it sounds like you're standing there. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, no, uh, like, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Basically, everybody's like invited. There's no, hey, you're the wood chopper. You need to, uh, this is a family meeting. I need you to go outside the camp for a little bit while we talk about this. He's basically opening the invitation to everybody who's with Israel. So what, what, what's the invitation? Uh, to be part of that covenant. Right. The, the post-Sinai covenant. Mm -hmm. I guess it would be the amended Sinai covenant for lack of a better way to put it ultimately yeah where i mean what does he say i, I think i just underlined it because i was like okay a sworn covenant um of the lord god which is the lord god is making with you today that he may establish you today as his people and that he may be your god as he promised you um but the other part of that is with every covenant there's a two parts to that um mm -hmm. and he starts off with i think in 29 and lots and lots and lots of times throughout deuteronomy um that it comes down to we need to obey his commands and his statutes and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like everyone's included in that. Yeah. And what's interesting about this section here is he really, uh, according to Grisanti, and I'm going to defer to him as the guy that can probably actually read Hebrew, um, he states in the last verses here, uh, especially 15, but with whomever is standing here to, with us today, before the Lord our God and with whoever is not here with us today, that's actually forward looking mm -hmm. that whoever's not with us today is actually those who have not been born yet. And then uh, Chris Wright would agree with you on that one too. They probably both stole from Merrill from <laughs> the guy who's always being quoted by Grisanti. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it's a, uh, it's a forward looking and it actually is not a past looking covenant. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the covenants, a lot of times it was like for you and your family, it was always kind of from this point forward so it, for whatever reason, this covenant's not covering the those who originally left Egypt. This covenant is only for those who are alive there and going forward. Mm -hmm. It's a forward-facing. It, when we look at the uh, covenant of Christ, um, it's all time, forward and backward. But every covenant until then seems to only be forward-facing. Right. So, yeah, so. It's, but it could be right in the the way somebody in America might read it in English is like, oh, those who are not, those are probably the ones who have passed on, you know, but it's not. It's actually those who have not been born yet. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. And again, Chris, Chris would uh, agree with you with that as well. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's kind of something that stuck out is everyone's included. Mm -hmm. um, it is a covenant that, that we've heard over and over and over again. God wants to be their God. Um, however, um, there is an aspect of the two part where his people need to as well obey his commands. Um, but it's for those that are standing there today and also those that are not there um, being forward thinking those in the future. Yeah. 
So the rest of y'all, you done messed up. Yep. <laughs> but we but can't yeah. tell them that they're dead. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, and then um, there's I can't find the verse. I have it in my head, but I don't have it circled. Um, it is uh, let me see if I can find it. Dead air. He's looking. He didn't highlight in different colors. Yep. Uh, basically, uh, the language here, and I can't find the actual verse here, does uh, point to the Sinai covenant with amendments. With, so it's not exactly the same as what they got from the prior generation. But I can't remember what the verbiage was or where it was. For this part right here? Yeah, unless I'm in the wrong spot. No. Nope. Oh, well, look it up yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Homework right there. It, it is for that part, but I can't remember what it was. Okay. So sorry. It's in my head, but it's not in my notes. Okay. But yeah, it's basically the, I said with amendments. It, it, that's basically like there are some uh, things tacked on to it that were different than the original. So the covenant is technically a new start. So you would... If you're covenantal, you would say there's like the, you know, the Noahic covenant, the Sinai covenant, you know, the Davidic covenant, so on and so forth. But you would probably chop this one into like Sinai A and Sinai B. Okay. Possibly. So so, so this would just be, so Deuteronomy has some amendments to the original covenant that right. is mostly being stated here. Right. And I would say the amendments are how you live in the new land. Okay. If, if I was to guess, and if I were to have done better research... I would rock. I mean, that would make sense. Um, we would be a good podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't think there's a lot of other Deuteronomy ones out there. So yeah, take that. We're the number one Deuteronomy podcast. All right. Don't go making one. You, <laughs> you'll have to succumb to us, the kings. Yeah, but you can go for Leviticus, I guess, if you want. Right? Uh, we should have called this the Ogcast. Oh. The biggest, baddest. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, wait, wait. He got yeah, slaughtered. Yeah, he got slaughtered. Yeah, yeah never mind. mind. Nope. Podcast is a great name. Yeah, I like that one too. Podcast.podbean.com. Right. Yep. Facebook.com slash podcast. Ooh, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Mediterranean food. What? Hey, man. I got the Man, you, you got the things going in today. Dropping the plugs. <laughs> um, all right, 29, 16 through 21. I got some good ones out of here. I hope you did too. No, I actually didn't. I got one really good one. But okay. Good one. No, this is like the shortest one that I have out of all of them. All right. You know how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed. And you have seen their detestable things, their idols of wood and stone of silver and gold, which were among them. Beware, lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware, lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. The Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man. And the curses written in the book will settle upon him, and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. Well, um, that sucks. I mean, for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so what, what, is, what did you have? 
right, so the uh, uh, what you're seeing here in this section is you're seeing a uh, drill down from national uh, obedience to individual obedience and why it's important mm -hmm. and how you can't just rely on the obedience and status or like righteousness of the nation. You've got to also be part of that. Like, mm -hmm. so you can't just be like, well, you know what? Everybody else is being good so I can be bad. Right. Like you can't, th that's kind of the, the draw, the gist of the scripture here. But the fun part here is, um, in Hebrew, the word detestable here has the uh, root the, uh, of the word. It's Galilean, mm -hmm. which means detestable. Okay. So the root there, the gal part, actually comes from the word for poop. Are you serious? Yes. So basically, he's saying the... Uh, and you have seen their crappy things. Wow. Uh, their idols of wood and stone and silver, but probably using a more, uh, well, no, it's actually more of a childish. Really? So a poopy. You've seen their, uh, how do I put it here? Basically, uh, they're useless and gross things. Really? So it's, th it's saying that like you're the, Cleanliness of Israel is an important thing. We've seen the the laws pertaining to the cleanliness of the people. Absolutely, yeah. So here he's basically saying the stinky, gross, rotten, disgusting, filth-covered, detestable things like the the poopy idols, like the the that's what the insinuation is here. Wow. Okay. But you know, if you want to sum it up with a, another word that we would use, but yeah, it's it's to layer on how gross and disgusting and useless it is really okay so it kind of i think it drives that home a little bit more it's like because you see wood and stone and silver and gold well wood stone silver and gold are actually very useful materials and you could do wondrous things i mean who hasn't seen like a really beautifully carved uh you know a cane or a totem or a uh, hand railing or something out of wood or who hasn't seen like beautiful chiseled statues out of stone or, you know, obviously gold and silver rings and jewelry and stuff like that. But what he's doing is he's contrasting it with like you have seen these worthless slime covered poop balls made out of, you know, wood and stone. So there's this beautiful, almost childlike contrast here between the materials of what you might think that, oh, those are useful and they can be made beautiful, but th in this form and what they're used for, they're useless and gross and yucky. Huh. That's kind of so, fun. Yeah, I think that's kind of a neat little way. Um, he says that it can, um, he says, uh, consequently, this can carry the unsavory appellation of these idols as dung things. These terms occur together also in Ezekiel. Okay. So, and we know Ezekiel is all about that poop. Right? So, uh, <laughs> sounds like a song all about that poop. No, yeah, no, gold, gold and silver. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's, I like the dung things. Yeah, that these, is really neat. These poop things. So they use the same word then in, in Ezekiel. Is that yeah? What it, what he's saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, these these poop idols. So that means when we get to Ezekiel, then we can start talking about poop. Well, I mean, you got to make it with the right kind of dung, or else the bread is tainted it's not it's clean anymore yeah so if you don't know what we're talking about i think it's probably ezekiel 20 oh so we have to get really far in there to dude ezekiel is like isaiah levels 
Oh, that means if Deuteronomy I mean, it's like took 50 us, some chapters. That means if Deuteronomy took us a couple years, man, Ezekiel is going to take us forever. Let's see. Um, when I'm looking up, he says 30. Let's see if this is the same verses. Oh, no, no. It's the exact same. So Ezekiel 30. Therefore, say, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, will you defile yourselves after the manner of your fathers and go whoring after these detestable things? Okay, so it's really the same same basic idea then. Yeah. I thought it was when he was talking about the making bread and using the dung for fuel. And if you're listening and you've never read Ezekiel, um, look, if you're under 12, like talk to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, have your parents walk through the book with you. If you're older than that, um, it could be a matter of conscience. You still might want a pastor or a parent to walk through, but it is a very interesting read, but it is 48 chapters. So yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a, he's not a quote unquote minor prophet. And then go back with a commentary because Oh my gosh, stuff, it's like, a weird. Yeah, it's who you're gonna be. You're gonna be sitting there going, "Hmm, did I smoke something illegal?" Um, <laughs> no, no, no. You're gonna be thinking, "Did Ezekiel smoke something?" Okay, that's illegal? fair. <laughs> I was gonna see if I could get Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. All right. Um, I'm just gonna read really quick. Uh, this is not the Ezekiel podcast, but just so just to give you an idea of what's going on. Um, first chapter, verse four, as I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continually. And in the midst of the fire, as it were gleaming metal and from the midst of it came a likeness of four living creatures and there, and this was their appearance. They had human likeness, but each had four faces and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight and their soles of their feet were like the soles of a calf's foot. And this, they sparkled like burnished bronze under their wings on their four sides, they had human hands, and on the four, sorry, and the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face, and four had the face of a lion on the right side, four had the face of an ox on the left side, and four had the face of an eagle. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't talk about the the gears and sprockets that he sees later. You know, it's that like was what chapter one, chapter one verses four through whatever I finished up. Oh wow, okay, that's so good. I have a great commentary on Ezekiel. Actually, it helped me none. Chris Wright writes one on Ezekiel. It, and pro- it probably be better than what I have. Okay, it's it's a hard one because it's like yeah, we don't really know what to say. It's apocalyptic. Okay, well, that's good very luck. helpful. It could actually be a very fast podcast. So okay, so <laughs> it might be much faster. But there's a, I don't, he does a lot of, I call him the prop prophet. Okay. You know, like a prop comic. Yeah. Like, cause he would often like demonstrate things. He would go out and do things. He'd have props. He'd like, you know, he'd like, I laid down on my side for, you know, 30 days in the middle of the, it's like, okay. See, now I need to go upstairs and look at my daughter's action comic Bible see, and see dude, what. Dude, it probably has like the belly of dry bones and that's it. No, that's true. No it's poop. Like, oh, maybe maybe he's got him baking yeah. some bread. <laughs> Looking to see what that is. All right. But yeah, See, anyway, that this is um back to De- Deuteronomy. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, um once again, it's taking just to recap in case we lost over the last five minutes. Um, it's taking the uh onus of responsibility and saying it's not just the nation. You don't get by on how good the nation is. You also have to uphold uh your obedience on a personal level 
and it's contrasting there in the very beginning the uh, beautiful materials with the uh, dung items of the uh, neighboring nations. So, gonna have to add those to my notes. Already added my Bible notes. Nice. Need to add <laughs> in my uh, computer notes. Um. So twenty two through twenty eight. Oh, or yeah. you got anything else? Yeah, one more thing in the nineteen. Uh, he says, I, uh, even though you think he's talking about, you think I'll be safe. I'll walk through the stubbornness of my heart. Um, this will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Uh, this was a, a difficult idiom for them to translate. And the sweeping away of the moist and dry alike actually is um, the, the picture that's trying to be painted here is basically like a desert floor that you could dump water on. But basically, like, the water is sucked up in the parched dryness, like, quickly. Like that, basically, but it's in reverse. So it would be like if you had an ocean and you dropped, like, parched land into it, it would, like, basically suck up all the water and the ocean wouldn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. It's a really difficult way to put it, but it's basically trying to show the totality of the punishment. Oh, wow. um, By taking a a typical scene and flipping it on its head and Hmm. saying, like, yeah, it's like you have a beautiful abundance of water and the parched dry air comes in and basically sucks it all out. Oh, wow. And the ground is useless at that point because it's dry and you can't use it for anything and it right. ate all your water, so you're doomed. Wow. So it's another one of those poetic totality destruction pieces. Okay. Yay. Huh. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Gr- Grisanti is really good with like getting some of the idioms in the Hebrew. That's okay. what I really like about his commentary. But when it comes to like the pastoral references and stuff, like Christopher Wright, he's he's got some, but it's usually when he's quoting Christopher Wright. Okay, <laughs> so well, that's kind of fun now. Because what is that commentary? Is that just due? It's not. That's not just due. No, this is Numbers through Ruth. It's the Expositor's Bible Commentary. Um, it's the one that's edited by Tremper Longman III and David Garland. If you're into any Old Testament stuff, you probably have a book with their names on it somewhere. Okay. Um, but there's another Expositor's Bible commentary that's different that I've never used. So make sure you have the right one. This one has the uh, brown and black cover. Um, and I have, I think, six or seven of the volumes. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Um, I I have, like, Samuel. I know that. I have Ezekiel. Uh Oh, I can't remember. I have Genesis through something. But yeah, I have a bunch of them. And you can buy them individually on Kindle for about 10 bucks uh, per book of the Bible. Okay, yeah, I see where they have lots and lots and lots of big, gigantic volumes. Yes. Um, I think the whole, you can get like the whole Old Testament for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, 250. There you go. It's on sale right now. <laughs> um, usually I, they have it for 350 is what he's saying. I buy mine used. Um, this one was 55 brand new, but I don't think I paid 55 for it. Okay. But they're great. He's, he's really good at pulling that stuff up, Hmm. but he's not the only one. Like, um, they have other guys that do like John Salehammer does Genesis, uh, who's one of my all time favorites. Um, unless you disagree with his theories on creation, then he's not your favorite, but he's mine. Okay. Because and, you believe that well, well, we he, won't get into that. Yeah, he's got a little bit. His theory is a little different than mine. Okay. Um, but he's smarter than me, so I can't necessarily say I know more than him. Got it. He's got a book called The Meaning of the Pentateuch that's probably as thick as his commentary. Oh, wow. I tried to read it. It hurts. 
So it's just called The Meaning of the Pentateuch. Yeah, by John Salehammer. And it's bigger than that book. Yes. Well, dang. It's... Dang. It sits on my shelf, and every year I, I read a couple pages. Okay. Mm. So, um, so it's not one of those you, you can't read a, a lot within a short or being in a day. It's, you it's have to read it in Interpreting years. the first five books of the Bible. It's not a commentary. Okay. It's how to read and get the literature and interpretation of it. And it is not entertaining. He does not have quips and allegories and antidotes in it. Oh, wow. So it's straightforward. Okay. Seminary material. Like doctorate seminary material. Yeah. But, you know, he's got one called Genesis Unbounded that I might pick up sometime. Okay. Shorter book? Yeah. Okay. About creation. Oh. So, yeah. Where were we? Yeah. All right. We, um, do you have anything else in that section? <clears throat> I don't think so. Nope. All right. 22 through 28. Hey, why don't you just go through 29 and finish <clears throat> out the chapter? Oh, yeah. Cool. Let's do that. All right. No, I don't want to. Fine. Okay. Fine. I want to go through 29. All right. All right, 22 through 29. Um, and the next generation, your children who rise up after you and the foreigner who comes from a far land will say when they see the afflictions of that land and the sickness with which the Lord has made it sick, the whole land burned out with brimstone and salt, nothing sown and nothing growing where no plant can sprout an overthrow like that of Sodom and Gomorrah, um, Adma and Zibium which the Lord overthrew in his anger and wrath, all the nations will say, why was the Lord, why has the Lord done thus, this to this land? What caused the heat of his, this great anger? Then people will say it is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt and went and served other gods and worshiped them. Gods whom they had not known and and whom he had not allotted to them. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land, bringing upon it all the curses written in this book. And the Lord uprooted them from their land in anger and fury and great wrath and cast them into another land as they are this day. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Well, um... I did not get into Sodom and Gomorrah and some of those other Their places. Their little sister-brother cities? Yeah, so uh, I, I should have done a, a little bit deeper study on that now that I read back through it, and I did not. Um, do you have any uh, quick history you want to share with us, or did you get into that at all? Those other two cities were located near Sodom and Gomorrah and were probably uh, in similar sin. And just got wiped out with them. Okay. Um, kind of the same thing. So not a whole lot on the actual cities themselves. Um, we know Sodom and Gomorrah were wiped out. Uh, if you read, and I can never remember which prophet it was, but basically they were wiped out for their great sin. And the sin that ranked highest that got them in the most trouble was their inability to care for the orphan and the widow. Oh, which happens a lot, which it's, we get commands many times in Deuteronomy about taking right. care of them. And then Christ will reiterate uh, that, especially when his disciples were like, hey, man, we never saw you hungry or thirsty. When did we take you in? And he'll be like, whenever you gave to the least of these, you did to me. You know, mm -hmm. So there's a, a definite uh, desire for Christians to be charitable. Well, a lot of the minor prophets as well, that was some of the same things mm -hmm. why um, those 
different prophets dealt with their various with the Israelites in different ways was due to their lack of charity, um, their lack of taking care of the orphans and widows, right. their um, injustice, their abuse um, of them, their oppression of them. So um, unfortunately, they, they don't really seem to follow um, those commands. Right. So I'm assuming these two cities were mirroring Sodom and Gomorrah in that same devaluing of human life right basically that god frowns on mm. so greatly mm -hmm. kind of thing and i think here we see kind of um we see a re-emphasis of, of deuteronomy being a missional book um because you can either be seen as as someone that is what is it lifted up i think we've seen that in a couple previous verses yeah we saw that they could be the shining example to all nations or what we just read right here. Yeah. Um, Way to waste. <laughs> right. And, and, and again, like even, I think even in like the non-Christian world, like you mentioned the idea of Sodom and Gomorrah in our current world. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And most of them probably don't necessarily know the full story behind that. Right. But I think just Sodom and Gomorrah in itself, um, when you bring that up, people are like, Oh no, that's bad. Um, and again, they might not know the context to it, but but that would suck for them to. Yeah, yeah they to know be, they know what happened. Yeah, like they know the story, right? Kind of thing. If we were to say like, oh yeah, Cincinnati could be wiped out like Sodom and Gomorrah, they would completely understand what we were saying. Right, right. Fire coming down from the skies, and you know, all that good, not good stuff. But, yeah. yeah, but that's what they're known for, and. So I think what he's saying here is is actually probably a pretty powerful statement by, you know, you need to obey my commands and here's what happens when you don't. Especially since they're going into the land that would be akin to the area of where Sodom and Gomorrah were. Mm -hmm. They would definitely be able to know, oh, that was right up the river, you know, kind of thing. Right. So... Well, I, I home was, a little more. <laughs> well, as I was even reading it, I mean, I thought through kind of my own my own faith um, and really my own actions as a believer where going into just my day-to-day, -day, you know, if I respond in an unbiblical way or in a way that God would not want me to or I'm not obedient to what God wants me to do, really I'm, I'm being that kind of example of Christians. And then unfortunately, we see where there's lots of Christians where um, people are jaded by Christianity and mm -hmm. by Christians in general because of their actions. And yet at the same time, through my obedience of how Jesus asked me to go ahead and, and live um, in my day-to-day -day life, when living that way, that can leave a very positive impact in, in, in people's worldview or, or understanding of, of, of who God is and how he relates with us. Mm. So it's really kind of still a very powerful statement or command um, for us to be obedient in how it is that we're supposed to live and interact with God and the world around us. Because really, in all reality, their lives being Israel or God's people was an example to the rest of the world of a better way to live. And yet we as Christians and believers in today's world are actually in the exact same boat to the rest of the world around us. Mm -hmm. When we choose to not follow God's commands and to be disobedient, um, we are not being a good example to the rest of the world. 
Um, and so I think it's, it's a message that, that is still relevant to our actions and to our, our, the way that we live today. Mm. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I have nothing more to add to that. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're a nation that is right now being polarized and separated and weeded out. And if you um, are a Christian, you do tend to get pushed into a particular camp, whether you are supposed to or not, because we've spent many years not living as we are supposed to be living. Right. Or our ancestors have also not. So, man, maybe we can live how we're supposed to live. Yeah. Re- re- claim what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Well, I mean, our actions and our obedience, it, it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times I think we look at our, we look at the selfish part of that. We're like, well, I need to be obedient because God won't bless me or God will curse me. But I think it's bigger than that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> much, much, much bigger than that. Obedience shouldn't come out of uh, desire for blessing or fear of cursing. Right. It should come out of love for the father, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Well, even those signs as you're going down, like, I think there's there's a, we, we kayak on the river and, and there's this big sign that I remember every time I go by it. Oh, I if thought you were talking about $5 foot long Jesus. Oh, no, that one too. But um, I can but, see that every day. <laughs> but there's a big sign that says, if you don't accept, you're going to hell. It's like, I think. That sign's missing the point. Right. I mean, that's a very selfish reason for coming into a relationship with Jesus. Um, Maybe like if I was like to my wife, like, hey, uh, you know, your your dad is retired from General Motors and we get that GM discount. So I'd like to marry you so that I can get cheaper cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's basically the same same idea. How'd that work out for you? Yeah. <laughs> I was cursed by the curse of GM cars. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks for reminding me of all the cars I've gone through from GM. You want to sign now, don't you? I'm like, it's, I got a Mazda now. Now I'm happy. Oh, yeah, you got a Toyota and a Mazda. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all all in on the Japanese cars. <laughs> I want ones that I don't have to fix as much. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Um yeah. I took that tangent. That's right. That's my um, fault. No, we're we're getting near the end here, so I just wanted to kind of wrap up a little. There is a potential chiastic structure or maybe a potential inclusio, uh, depending on how you interpret 29. So the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of the law. And Grisanti argues there's two interpretations of this, okay. and people fight over it. All right. Uh, one is that the Lord will uh, punish the secret sin, but it, any sin that is exposed is uh, to be dealt with by Israel. Hmm. So let the secret things belong to God. Let him punish that. Um, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do. So, you know, when you see outward sin, like you should take care of it, you should step into the situation. That's one. The other interpretation is don't worry about what the future is holding or what's going on. Be obedient here and now. Hmm. So it just depends. If you take it the first way, it ends up almost like a either an inclusio or a chiastic structure with the first verses that were like, I haven't given you the ability to see everything. Right. Or sorry, I guess you take it the second way. That's what it could. It could be all one. It could be that cohesive. Okay. 
like section like that. But if you don't, because that would make it the chiastic then, right? Chi- yeah. Okay, because is it chiastic or chiastic? chiastic I don't know. Oh, whatever. I just read it, and I usually don't hear too many people talk. So yeah, not not a lot of people are like, yeah, let's talk about the chiastic structure. Right. However, I read it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so earlier when we're talking about verse four, that would be the beginning part of that then, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah, and right, this would wrap up if it's a uh, don't worry about what's not shown to you, worry about being obedient. Uh, I, I like I like that because the other one seems like a reach. Yeah. It and seems this, like you had to jump through some holes to get that, but this one adds a little bit more structure to it where Especially with the the gears changing in chapter thirty. Yeah. So So that kind of makes teaser. sense. Oh. <laughs> so okay. Yeah. Well you can make your your own decision on that one, but um your own informed decision would be listening to us and doing what we said it would not um i'm gonna move over this way we're authoritative now right <laughs> we have a, we have the biggest deuteronomy podcast out and there on the world wide web that we yeah. know of i've never seen i've searched for other old testament really? podcasts okay. yeah whenever okay old first, testament in general first or just all, deuteronomy it's like it's like itunes recommendation is like other podcasts like yours and it's like Pastors, I will never recommend to people. <laughs> I'm like, so people, I need you guys to go to iTunes and rate us so that they see what you're listening to and quit saying, also listen to Joyce Meyer, okay? I want, I didn't know I was going to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well. People that listen to your podcast might also find Joel Osteen interesting. No, they won't. Or they will, and that's bad, and we've failed. <laughs> We're we're uh, we're almost at, so go go to iTunes and rate us. Just mm-hmm. it takes two seconds to give us a couple stars, and it helps the algorithm. And with couple stars, he means more than three. Yeah, give us four at least. Right. I mean, Dude. I guess three's cool. Just not yeah, two, not but if you're couple. giving us three, like leave a review that tells us why we suck. Yeah, yeah. Like you I'm know, good with that. Yeah, don't don't just leave us in the dark. Mm-hmm. Just so. so we know how to change and get better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll cut down the banter from ten minutes to seven minutes, every show. Yeah, don't don't go six though. That's that's pushing. No, it. no, no. That makes no, us impersonal and yeah. cold and boring. Uh huh. Absolutely. So we can't do that. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, the music's playing or something. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, I'll put it in there. All right. We're almost there. We're like two minutes out. So. Oh, nice. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye.